What's up, you dirtbags? Before we dive into this episode, I want to give a huge shout out to one of our day one supporters, Kinetic Leasing. If you've ever listened to the podcast before, you've definitely heard us talk about them. Uh, They are our go-to team for money questions and also getting approved for financing. Uh, Not only do they help us, but they help many others that listen to the podcast get approved for financing. It's an application only financing up to $250,000 on approved credit. Uh, They have fast approvals and you can save cash with no money down. At the very least, just give them a call, see what you can get approved for, and then check your rates. A couple ways you can reach out to them. You can give their office a call. It's at 701-476-0221. Just make sure to mention that the Dirtbag sent you and uh, they'll definitely help you out. And then you can also email them, sales at kineticlease.com. We also have all of their information on the Dirtbags podcast website. So go check them out. Tell them we sent you. And uh, let's get into it. What's up, you dirtbags? My name is Luke Eggerbrotten, and we've got Mr. Luke Payne uh, just coming off or still sick, I guess, huh? Still sick. Yep. Still Thank- sick. Thankfully, I've still got kind of a voice, but it sounds like one of those where you're super like congested and you're just kind of like, stop talking. You got that that nice radio voice right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the deep monotone voice. <laughs> yeah, I think we had to. Didn't we have to reschedule one? It was last week or something because we your did. voice is yeah, completely we, gone. We had to reschedule with the snow job boys. Oh yeah, I I can't remember the text, but it was something like I'm going to be as useless as a dildo to two gay guys, and Steve <laughs> really loved that one. Oh uh, yeah, and I don't I don't remember if we announced it yet, but yeah, we'll be recording with the snow jobs guys here coming up. So expect that episode. Uh gonna be some fireworks. I know we're That'll recording we're recording tomorrow. We've had Jeremy on before, but uh Jeremy Never and Steve. Steve. And I feel like when those two are together, it's a different animal than just Jeremy. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. So uh that'll be a good one. Obviously, we've got I mean, we'll just kind of give a lineup here. We just had Mackenzie Sims on. Um, that was adapter really die. That was a fun one. Um, I always like the ones that are a bit different, like where somebody's moving across the country or buying a business or just diving into other topics. Um, we've got this one coming out today. And then uh, we've got Kyle Brady with JR Excavating. Um, that's going to be a huge one too. So a uh, lot more guests lined up. And yeah, obviously we're going to keep sprinkling in our Q&As and then our Dirtbag Rants. Yeah. No, we've got some fun content coming up and it's good. It's great timing because it's like end of the year. So it's a great time to like recap how the year went and all the fun experiences and the shitty experiences and, you know, the year end push and oh yeah. So we'll, we'll have some good stuff coming up. Yeah. And I feel like too, with, with both of us, I mean, we might start putting out even more episodes just because, you know, like all of us, you know, we're just on, you know, we're driving or we are on holiday or something. And so it's like, it's just kind of nice to, to do something a bit different. So I know we're going to kind of stack up a few. Absolutely. Yep. We'll finally be able to have kind of like a, kind of like a list or a, you know, um, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. I got mind fog today, but anyway, Luke dirt world summit. I missed that because we had some fucking serious weather coming in and I was hitting the panic button a little bit. Yeah, let's hear about it, dude. So two days before, so obviously you and I were gonna stay together in the hotel room. It was actually on the dirtbags card. Uh, <laughs> like it was two days or one day before. You're like, dude, 
I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know? And, uh, but it made sense. Cause I saw the weather and I was like, oh damn, you know, might as well stay back up there. But, uh, no man, it was cool. So the dirt world summit is the first one they've ever had uh build it, put it on, uh, it was in Houston, <clears throat> excuse me. Nice and, place. um, uh, I'd never been to Houston either. So overall, I'll give my overall thoughts and we can kind of dive into a bit more, yeah. but overall thoughts, you know, outside looking in, no matter what I was excited to go. It's one of those things where you're going to get out what you put in, yeah. uh, and vice versa. And so, um, you know, if you go up to your room after the show and then you, you know, watch a movie and you get taken and all that, like, you're probably not going to get much out of it. And I always say, you know, the best relationships and the best, um, knowledge you gain from those types of shows is in the hallways, um, at the bar after it, or in the morning at the gym with everyone. So, um, really when I go to those, I was just committing myself to no sleep. It's like, all right, you got to be the one that's going to stay up late, you know, hose a few more, hose a few extra beers, um, but then be able to get up and like go to the workout in the morning and then attend the whole show, take notes and all that. So you get up and make the workout in the morning, uh, the workout I did, um, the first morning, the second one, yeah, the the second one, uh, I did not unfortunately, but, but I tried, um, effort was there. That's, that's another story. So, but yeah, dude, the, the, everything, it was actually run so well. And for it to be their first ever summit, I can't imagine the logistics, the cost and the, just every, everything that needs to happen for something like that. Um, the first day was by far my favorite or let me back up. So there's a day zero, which is like the the golf and all that stuff. But the first actual day was by far my favorite. That's when everyone was there. Um, everyone is excited. We had Jocko and instead of doing like an hour and a half, like how most keynotes are, he did like the full morning and then a part of the afternoon. It was insane. And, and so it was like a, it wasn't just like a keynote. He, we walked through like this entire workbook of like his system. And so it was, that was intense. That was fascinating. Um, and it's applicable to anyone, whether you own a construction company, you own a marketing agency like me, you work for a construction company, or you're just there like cleaning stuff up. Like it's applicable to anyone. Um, I don't know how much they had to pay to get him there, but dude, pretty pay, fired, sure. Yeah, it fired me up. So that was incredible. Um, and then I think day two, it started out really strong as well. And I think what happened is I think that was on a Friday. Uh, a lot of people had to travel. So I know the afternoon attendance on Friday was pretty light. And so I think it lost a little steam as it was finishing up, but, um, everyone there was just like dialed in. So, uh, it was really fun to get to see, you know, everyone, you know, we had a few people there like that listened to the podcast or some new people I got to meet. Uh, we had a few clients there that I got to see and just, uh, it was a blast. And so not only the networking, but the content they provided, the workbooks, the stuff to bring home, uh, definitely worth it for me. What was your biggest takeaway? Man, biggest takeaway, honestly, like it's a stem of like extreme ownership from Jocko, but just like, like don't get in your way. I think a lot of people do that. They get in their own way 
And a lot of times it's, it's just up in your head of your thinking like, oh, you know, you're worrying about the news or the economy, or you're worrying about this or that, but it's like, you got, you got a business to run, you got a family to take care of, you got, you know, a house to pay off. And there's, you got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of your business and you, you can't let the outside world, you know, worry you too much. So just that it's, like I said, it's kind of that level of extreme ownership of like, it's this, this isn't a, we thing. This is a me thing. Like I need to take care of this yeah. or like our business failed. It's like, no, I failed our business yeah. and really just taking that to heart. And, you know, hearing it from a guy like Jocko, obviously will, you know, make you sweat on your balls. Oh yeah, that's for sure. And, uh, yeah, man, it was just, it was so good. But then not only that, but then having, it wasn't just like a motivational speech. There's like actionable stuff in the workbook that we can use. And so, um, that was probably my biggest takeaway. And then, yeah, just like, you know, no secret, but the industry has a problem, a big problem. And, you know, if we sit back, is it going to solve it? No. If just build what steps up, is it going to solve it? No. And so there's a lot of that too, of like, I think there's about 800 people in attendance and just cool to see everyone coming together from all over the world and, uh, you know, trying to do something to make their own business themselves and then the industry a bit better. Hell yeah. That's super cool. And it's, it, we do have a problem. And one thing that I've, I've noticed through like a large variety of different contractors, a lot of the problems are the same. You know, there's a lot of people have the same problems, but in just different ways, if that makes sense. You know, they revolve around a lot of the same topics, a lot of the same instances. Obviously, they're kind of specific to the company, but it's it's a lot of the same DNA, I'll say. Hmm. What do you think that is? Like, what do you think it's stemming from? Inexperience. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of variables. I think inexperience is one. I think egos is a big part. I think um, expectations is a really big one, you know, on the employer side, the employee side, you know, mm. understanding the expectations. Um, I don't want to say hard work is one, but I think that can kind of fall into the expectations as well. Um, I also don't think that people really want to get their hands dirty in the way they want to work hard but like what is what's glamorous about the excavation space you know what is what is bringing people to it and i think obviously that's the biggest problem is there's not a lot because you know mike Rowe, look at the garbage man you know everybody looked down on the garbage man 15 years ago whatever it was and he's making 130 grand you know right so it's it's just like well that type of blue collar trade and just the blue collar trades and a whole have been looked down on and us in that generation were raised in that. So that's probably the biggest problem in my opinion. Yeah. I saw a video yesterday, actually. Uh, I don't remember who posted it, but uh, they're talking about how in the next 10 years, they think there's, I mean, there has to be a tipping point and yeah. they think that, you know, starting your own trades business is going to be like the next cool thing. And not that it isn't right now, because of course, like it is, but I think just for the general public to see that. And uh, there's just so many people out there that are graduated, you know, or had graduated two or three years ago with a 
communications degree or something like that and four years and they're just like can't get a job or they but then you see the industry over here the construction industry and there's so many jobs available there's so much opportunity to start your own trade or your own business and you know when we talked to James Stixma, like he had never been in the industry, but you can jump in and start it and be very, very successful. So I'm just so curious to see like when that tipping point is when people realize like, Hey, there's a great living to make over here, but I have to change the way I think about work. Correct. I saw, I don't remember the article I saw, but this kind of has to play on that too, but the work-life balance there was, there was an article, and I'll have to go back to it, but it was a gal that was at Harvard, and she did a study on, like, <laughs> excuse me, what the perfect work-life balance is in order to, like, achieve goals and, you know, do some fun different things. And basically, she's like, there isn't one in any industry that you can be, like, truly happy and get the things that you would want to get based off of, like, you know, salary tiers, if that makes yeah. sense. And it was kind of interesting because that, I mean, obviously you got to have a home life. Definitely. But I think people lose sight of like when it's time to work, it's time to work. Right. I don't know. Just my opinion. Obviously I didn't read a whole lot into it because I was like, work-life balance is a big thing. You know, people need to be at home. They need to be with their kids. They need to be with their wives, but it made sense to where I wish I could go back and find that again and kind of divulge a little bit more. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, um, cause I think it is a little different, you know, there's, uh, as an entrepreneur, I wrote this on my board two days ago. It was, uh, work because you want to not because you have to. Yes. And obviously like early on and maybe for a long time, you're going to work because you have to, but you have that vision of like, I'm doing this now because one day I'll be able to work just because I want to. I like doing this. I I love the trade. I love the craft of this. And that that gets me really excited too because I actually really enjoy working and I really enjoy talking to people and I you know, I could never like retire and not do anything. And so, uh work because you want to, not because you have to. And it's taking that yeah, like you know, I don't really like the word financial freedom, but um, giving yourself a bit more time. And so where you don't have to do something just to keep your lights on. And, but there's going to be a portion of that too, where you do need to sacrifice that to get to where you want to go and, you know, work extra hours, work OT, um, build up the business so that in the future, you know, you can get to that point. Mm-hmm. There's a point too, that I just thought of Gary V mentions this, but it it plays into the don't get in your own way. I feel like a lot of people kind of become complacent once they reach like a certain, we'll call it certain revenue. And they're like, oh, hey, I can do whatever the fuck I want now. I can go buy this. I can go buy this. Right. He says it. He goes, as soon as you do that, you've lost everything because you become complacent and you, you know, you start to kind of fixate on the, you know, being comfortable or on the, you know, what's, what's the word, the, the materialistic items. Yeah. You know, and you kind of lose that inner, that inner hustler. Yeah. You know, so, and then when I heard that, I was like, damn, that makes sense. Cause I, I relate to myself in that instance. And it, I heard this a day ago and yet here I am, I went and bought, I got a new pickup. Uh, I bought a, bought a TRX. I'm not a Dodge guy, but I love their 700 horse. I'm like, these yeah. things are badass, And I've always wanted one. And I finally got one. And when I was buying it, I'm like, 
should I be buying this? And I think there is a happy medium. You know, you got to be able to afford your things. Yeah. Like my, my thing now is I'm, I'm not financing anything for my personal, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, I bought this in my name. I didn't buy it in the company name. Um, and I didn't finance it. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm paying cash. I'm, I, I don't want the payments. I know kind of where the economy is going and things are slowing down a little bit. So I don't want to put myself in that position. So it's a give and take kind of as an example is that I'm not trying to brag on that, but you know, if you, if you continue to work hard, you can spoil yourself, but just don't, don't stop working hard. Don't get in your own way. All right, you dirtbags. We're going to take a quick break to thank one of our sponsors, Lambert Insurance Services. If you know Luke and I, you know we started this podcast to provide value to the construction industry. When we went to seek out an insurance company to work with, there's not a whole lot that are specific to the industry. And we really didn't want to work with a generalist agency. So we kind of put that on the back burner. Then we got to meet Sam Lambert. Sam is a fellow dirtbag himself. He's been in the industry for a long time, but he also started his insurance company in 2008, specifically for construction companies. So when we had that conversation, we knew that this would be the perfect match. Uh, so we started working with him and he's been incredible. He leads first. He wants to be a resource first and an insurance agency second. They can help with provide general liability, workers comp, commercial truck insurance, insurance for equipment, and so many more different avenues that he can provide coverage for. The great part about it is, you know, they're licensed in most states and they always quote through multiple companies. So that's how you know you can get a competitive rate. And even better, uh, Sam, he's the owner. He wanted to provide his cell number just so if you have any questions, specifically from the dirt bags, you can always text him, give him a call, ask to compare plans or just ask, you know, what his rates would be. And then he can help direct you to the right place or answer your question from there. His number is 385-204-5799. Or you can reach them at their website, which is lambert-ins.com. So reach out to him if you have any insurance questions. We're very excited about this partnership. Uh, Sam is an awesome guy and we're just excited to continue providing value for all you dirtbags. So Thank you, Lambert Insurance. Give him a text, shoot him a call, let him know that you're fans of the Dirtbags podcast. Are you tired of tedious manual data collection and costly field studies in your quarry or sand and gravel operations? Let's talk about VantagePoint, the first quarry operation software crafted to meet the high demands of modern data-driven quarrying. Seamlessly connect all of your equipment data and access the crucial information you need instantly. Be the hero of your operation by boosting efficiency, exceeding your productivity goals, and bottom line revenue with VantagePoint. Discover why four of the top six aggregate material producers in the U.S. are using VantagePoint. Visit vantagepointquarry.com dirt to learn more. How do you keep that that blade sharp? Because I, I see it all the time, like especially with growing businesses more so. Like when things are going well, like how do you what do you set different goals? Do you try to avoid looking at revenue? Like what what do you do to keep to keep that hunger, to keep that drive and like that motivation to, you know, be that business owner, that entrepreneur that still goes out hungry and gets it? I think I'm I think it's ingrained. Like it's not something you can really teach somebody. It's got to yeah. be kind of in their personality, like not to, not to like give up, 
you know, you can't have the poor me. And I'm not saying I have that sometimes, you know, there's yeah. times where I look at it and I'm like, I'm going to fucking sell it all. I would never, yeah. but you know, you get caught up in the moment. So I don't think there's anything that you could like say that you could learn. It's, mm -hmm. it's more in your personality and, you know, a lot that has to do with your goals as well, you know, and how well you keep that vision of achieving your goals. Yeah. I think one way I look at it too, is, you know, who is, who's, who helped you get there? You know, who are your employees? Who are those that, you know, have supported you since day one or yeah. what have you. And it's like, man, how could I make their lives better? Like, and, and go away from what all my business coaches and everyone is like the traditional way of like paying people. And it's like, what else could I do to make this person's day or make their life a bit better? And, uh, that has been a bit more of my motivation as well. Um, you know, we, you get to a point too, and, and we're not that big of a business yet either. And, um, but you know, you can start to get a little softer when you can pay yourself. It's like, okay, well, how can I keep this going? It's like, well, I know people to take care of and, and I get to take care of them and at least help them out here and there. And so just making sure that, uh, okay, the, the work I do isn't just for me or my yeah. wife, it's, it's for our team as well. So I know that's been a, a big motivating factor for me as well. It's just like looking at others. That's huge. Cause I think a lot of employers lose sight of that. Yeah. Right. And, and I get it. It's easy to lose sight of things because, you know, employees will piss you off. Employees will make mistakes. They're going to cost you money. So it is hard to, again, take that step back and look at the big picture and ask yourself, how are we here? That's because of everybody. You know, you almost, you have to expect hiccups. You have to expect fuck ups. You have to expect, you know, instances where it's going to cost you money, but you got to look at it as where would I be without them? You know? Yeah. You, yeah. You can't do it all yourself. That's for no, sure. You can't. There's very, very few industries. I feel like that you can start a business and run it on your own and achieve a lot. I mean, you can you can still probably make some good money by doing it yourself, but if you really want to grow something, yeah. you need people's help. Yeah, and grow it to be a business, not a job. I think that's kind of the big line that we're all trying to cross is, you know, can we leave for two weeks and everything's still running great and money came in, money went out and we're profitable and service got done. And it's hard to do that if you're a one-man show. Very tough. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to wear that many hats. Yeah, as soon as they start falling off and falling between the cracks, but but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So no, you're good. So speaking of that, like, how has business been? Obviously, we're kind of getting to the end of the year here. How has business been? What are you looking at for next year, next quarter? Like any big moves? Um, what are we looking at as as far as business? Business is good. We've been busy. We realized like this was a, it was a whole nother learning year for us. Cause we, we almost like we came to a set of stairs and we didn't step up. We like jumped to the yeah. next level without kind of a lot of understanding, a lot of things. So again, it was another really big learning year looking at that. Now it's like, okay, we know our capabilities. We know, you know, what to look for going into next year. Our, our bidding process is getting refined. We're getting more structure within the company itself, you know, people are understanding the roles are a lot better. Yeah. People are getting more proficient with their different machines. So next year, um, we're going to focus on maintaining. I don't mm -hmm. want to grow. I, I actually had a call with K 
Kevin today because we've got a couple more loaders coming. And he was asking about, you know, what's your, you know, what's your next year plans? Do you have any machines that you want? And I said, no, I don't want to buy a single machine next year. I Let's want go. to keep what we have. I want to keep what we have busy. I want to trim our fat to where, yep. how can we be more productive? Cause there was a lot of wasted hours this year just yep. on trying to figure things out or getting answers, right? How can we, how can we eliminate that time? Um, and yeah, but no, I mean, the year, the year was great. We, you know, like every business, we lost some really good guys. Um, and that's, that's our fault. That's their fault. You know, maybe they just wanted to move on, but we also gained some really good guys too. So we're, we're looking to keep that as it is. I don't think we're going to add a whole lot of personnel next year. Um, one thing that is kind of exciting on the, on the Western side is we're looking to purchase a plumbing company. Okay. I yeah. did not know this. Let's yeah, go. Hey, weird how it came up, but so a little bit of backstory this year, we, we struggled a little bit with our site utilities Yep, yep. because in North Dakota, you have to have certain licensing for that. We have some licensing, but there's licensing that we don't. So we went out and hired people that had those licenses, mm. not saying you can't count on anybody, but things come up in people's personal worlds, you know, and it is very tough when an expectation isn't upheld with, yeah. Hey, I need you here at this time and say, they're not there. Then it looks bad on the company. So what Cole and I are trying to do, we are trying to eliminate any of that to where it's company held instead of person held to where we don't have to rely on other people. And so there's a guy in town. Uh, I can't say any names yet because we're still in it's, it's funny. And I, we were texting about it and, you know, I, I just randomly asked him, I said, would you ever sell out? And he's like, yeah, no, I've actually kind of been thinking about that and, you know, just whatever. And I was like, well, let's sit down and talk. I would like to yeah. see if we can make something happen. And he's like, well, I'm in Greece for the whole month of December. But when I get back in January, we can talk. I was like, perfect. So that's exciting. I don't know. I don't know a lot about that yet. And I'm anxious yeah. to where if we can make it work, I really want to dive into that platform because it would be more than just like the underground side. Right. You know, we would be, the, it, he's got a commercial and a residential division. So <laughs> I think that would be very cool just to, just to kind of add it. We would keep it the name that it is, you know, we'd like yeah. to, we'd like to keep the owner on as like a general manager Yep. And just take the company and do like a 5149 yep. and then slowly kind of buy out the remaining shares after year five, after year eight, after year 12. You, you would know. do the 51, right? We would do the 51. Yeah. Yeah. Cole, Cole and I would be the 51. That, so. Yeah, dude, I love it. I mean, that's super interesting too, because, you know, there's a big problem and there's a potential fix mm -hmm. uh, that is kind of like jumping up the stairs again, you know, yeah. where you don't have to like, but it, it's, it's a solution to the problem that you're currently seeing. It is. It is. And one thing that's cool about it too, is the scalability. Yeah. You know, the last like week I've been researching like how to grow plumbing companies. Yeah. Because they don't have a website. They don't have like any business emails. When you Google them, wow. he's got his phone number. And I'm like, that's fine. If you want to yeah. run your business like that, it's, it's probably all client based and relationship based. But I'm like the scalability that right. I just, you know, see from looking at this little portion of it is pretty big. You know, you can do maintenance contracts with different, you know, property management companies. You can do, you know, different sewer repair stuff. And I know he doesn't do any of this stuff now. So I'm like, that would be very fun to try to grow that as well, as well as help the Western side. 
Yeah, dude, I love it. We've we've been doing a bit more with um similar to yeah, they're uh similar to underground utilities, but now in the house. And so it's a lot of like plumbing, but you still have to dig and then connect it to the the city sewer line. And so it's like, man, this these are like really cool businesses that are just buried on in, in especially on Google. So it gets me excited where it's like if we just do like the basics, I mean, you're on top of what you're already doing that's working, you know, it's going to go well. So we've been working with a couple of companies like that and it's, I just love it. I mean, usually it's, it's the son taking over for his dad and grandpa's business. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, I think we're going to need to update some of this. Update some things. Yeah. They've got their listing in the paper and they're like, that's good enough marketing for me. Yeah. And a lot of times it is, but then it's like, where do you want to go as a company or how do you want to build the business? And like, obviously building a legacy is, is great and important and something to pass down. So uh, times are, times are changing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And it's like you said, I do see (laughs) in 10 years, you know, the spike of blue collar. Yeah. But I also see the barriers of entry are going to be so much more intense. I mean, even now, like looking at things now and the cost of things, there's no way if I would have started Black Iron in 2024, I would have struggled compared to 2018, I feel like. And maybe it's all relative because it's all based on the time. But yeah. I just look at costs and I look at, you know, how people operate their businesses now. And there's been a lot of change in the industry. So if, if it's harder to start your own business, then wouldn't it be a good thing because then people would be like, well, I, I want to be in the industry. So I'm going to work for somebody 100%. that no, has the equipment. Yeah. Yes. It'll be great. You know, but that number from businesses that survive between one and five years will definitely go up because who I've seen a bunch of LinkedIn posts about this, but just about like the hardships that mm-hmm. come with owning a business. People only see the good stuff and it's hard to really talk about the struggles because you look very vulnerable and you don't want people to be like, well, I don't want to work with this company. They obviously, you know, are in over their head or whatever the case may be. Right. But it's volatile. So it'll be interesting to, to kind of see where it goes. Yeah. Cause you're five, almost five years in. We, so black iron started in 2018. So yeah, we would be, we'd be five years in 2023 going into six on 2024. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're at that threshold and we haven't, we haven't been put out yet. So that's, that's a good sign. Keep her going, keep her moving. But, but I mean, it could happen to anybody. I mean, in, in our world, we're a subcontractor. So we rely very heavily on our relationships with general contractors. Yep. You know, and if they're not busy, we're not busy. Is that something you've ever thought about GC? Oh yeah. It's we, that's kind of why we want to buy this plumbing company. Yeah. Well, because we're looking at the industry as a whole, Cole and I, eventually we want to have a development side yeah. to where we can do our own projects and then we can self-perform the excavation underground right. utilities. And now hopefully the plumbing, the plumbing, yeah. two very tough trades to get people to show up that we've seen to where we can self-perform and then we can keep ourselves busy that way while building for ourselves. And I don't think we'll build for other people. We would, we would build for ourselves. So interesting. Yeah. I mean, that goes to show, like, if you're not, if you're not hungry and you're not like continuously like 
going out there and getting it. Like yeah. you wouldn't be thinking about any of this. You'd just be yeah. like sleeping and, you know, doing your thing and yeah. And drinking beer. <laughs> we do that anyway. Yeah, but I, I actually haven't drinking in a while and tonight I'm having, one. but no. And that's, that's part of it is keeping that vision. And then that's also, I feel like how you retain people too, is yeah. you show them the opportunities that will come with your company that can help better their lives. So you haven't drank in a while, huh? In a while. No, I have I just haven't had time. Good. Um, yeah, I, I finally got one tonight and I feel like maybe I shouldn't have done that, but it does taste good. So, yeah, I mean, drinking can be overrated too, especially like how much you drink. It's like, it's fun every once in a while on the podcast, things like that. But every weekend or every day, it's like, no issue gets in the way of your goals a hundred percent it does it's 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 a distraction the best way to put it you know because if you have say you have a system say you wake up every morning at 5 30 to go to the gym before your work day right if you drink too much the night before you're hung over no way you're going to the gym then your whole day is going to be off even if you do even if you do go to the gym you're not gonna be able to lift as much you know you're gonna be dehydrated so it uh just knocks you off from your goals but um yeah, it kind of a bummer, kind of a bummer, but kind of a good thing. But uh, starting Monday, I'm back on the sober train. Unfortunately, really? yeah. So just because, it, why? Yeah. What's- so I think this must have been last year at this time too when I did this, but um, had a big goal set for I go to Miami three times a year for my coaching thing, and yep. um, you set a goal, you set a reward if you hit it, and a consequence if you don't. Um, I've always liked the consequence of giving up drinking until I hit it because, uh, it's, it's, you know, fun to have a drink at a wedding or it's fun to have a drink during the holidays. And so it annoys me that I can't. And also deep down, it's good for me, of course. Um, and then if I hit the goal, uh, we're going to live in Australia, uh, live in Italy for two months next year. Hell yeah. So didn't hit the goal. And, uh, you know, owning up to it. So it's, uh, it's good though, man. It, it really helps like reflect and yeah, stay hungry. Like we're talking about of like chasing goals, but also not letting one piece of the goal get in, get in the way and like blind you from everything else that's going on. And for example, if it's like a revenue goal, don't lose sight of like building your systems in your business to sustain it or to add value to your current clients or to over deliver for them. So, um, learned a lot the last couple of years of just like setting healthy goals, but making sure that I'm not letting other things fall apart. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good because you got to keep your, you got to keep your handle on kind of everything within your life. Yeah. And it's, it's tough to let one portion of it suffer to where you, you know, maybe put all your time in the other. It's good to balance it out. Yeah. So I think I might just roll right into Mackenzie Sims's offer and just do 75 hard since I'm already you should you honestly should. I, I think I will I I was gonna do it after um January after the new year oh after the new year yeah, yeah I, I was gonna start it then honestly yeah I might just roll into it starting Monday and just uh get a head start on I, it yeah no that would be cool and you have to I yeah I'd want to follow along with that yeah oh so this this is coming up Friday so if anyone wants to join me uh we'll start monday the 13th yeah monday the 13th uh we're gonna get started so shoot me a message and uh, we'll do 75 hard 
Hell yeah, that would be cool. Is it? Yeah, it is the 13th. Monday the 13th, Luke's doing 75 hard. Very cool. There we go. Hell yeah. First time. First timer. But other than that, man, I think that might be a podcast. Yeah, I think that was good, man. Um, We got a couple of big ones coming up here. Uh, I know we've got Q&A sessions. So if you guys have any questions, send them in. Uh, We're going to record that soon here. Um, Those are always fun. And then a few guests lined up too. So um, yeah, dude, it's good to to finally get back and get back on the course. Hopefully by tomorrow, I've got a little bit more clarity through my voice and I don't sound like I'm a TV broadcaster. There you go. No, it, it'll, it'll be fun with the snow jobs guys. And uh, especially like good time of year too. I think that'll come out in a couple of weeks and snow should be flying. So hopefully not. I'd like to push that off until like late December, but yeah, we'll see what happens. So. Oh yeah, man. 